0: On this week's show, we're talking to Rob Burden. Rob is the owner and proprietor of the Southern Hills Homebrew Supply shop in Virginia, and He's on the show because we're gonna discuss all things just homebrewing over the last year and what it looks like from a shop owner. He's also on the diversity inclusion board of the HA, and we're gonna talk about that as well this week on Homebrewing DIY. Hey, I wanna to talk to you about a tool that is in your toolbox and is in every homebrewer's toolbox, and that's your hydrometer. The reason I wanna to talk to you about your hydrometer is because I bet you that the current hydrometer that's in your toolbox sucks. It was probably made in China, it probably came with your kit, or you've broken a few and just went down to your local homebrew shop and got some. But the reason I point that out is because We are now sponsored by Brewing America and they make the most amazing hydrometers. First of all, they're made in America. They're hand blown just right in Oregon. And these hydrometers are tools that you can use to make sure that they're calibrated properly. You're going to get the right measurements. And you know that this is a precision scientific tool that you're going to be able to use to make sure that you know that your numbers are spot on. And the only way to do so is to do that with a tool from somebody who really cares. So you got to check out Brewing America. The best way to do so is head on over to our website, homebrewingdiy.beer. Click on the sponsor banner there, and you're going to get 15% off any of their hydrometers, also, they, they do cold brew equipment, and, and they even have these really cool lids for mason jars. So you, you got to go check it out. So head on over to BrewingAmerica.com. Once again, that's BrewingAmerica.com. Welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the podcast that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. Gadgets, contraptions, and parts, this show covers it all. On this week's show, we're talking to Rob Burton. Rob is the owner and proprietor of the Southern Hills Homebrew Supply Shop in Roanoke, Virginia. And we're going to talk to him about what the last year has been like as a homebrew shop owner. And we're also going to talk to him about diversity and inclusion since he's on the AHA Council for Diversity and inclusion. And I think that that's an important subject that we should talk about as homebrewers. But first, I'd like to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon. It's because of you that this show can come to you week after week. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. We also just remember you can get a very, very amazing ad free show for as little as a dollar over at Patreon. So just head on over there and give it any amount. Another way to support the show is coffee. That's K O Fi.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. And there you can do just do one-time support and just leave us a tip. Buy us a coffee, buy us a beer. That little bit of money also helps. Just every little dollar helps. Like I said, I I have a day job. This is totally a hobby, and so all of the donations that you give to Homebrewing DIY help us make more amazing content for you and the homebrewing world to consume. So support us today. Head on over to podchaser.com, or if you're using the Apple Podcasts app, just scroll up, and you can, right then and there, you can write us a review. And that also helps others find the show. The last way to support the show is using our sponsor links over at homebrewingdiy.beer. Just head on over there and you can go to Keg Factory. You can support us by using uh, Brewing America as well. And cool thing with Brewing America, if you use that sponsor link, you actually get a 15% off discount and it supports the show. So, I mean, come on, you get a deal. I get a deal. It's, It's totally worth it. And they make amazing hydrometers. So check that out i uh got my second Covid shot this week, and that's actually why the show's out a little bit late just because I was put down for a day it was uh it was i w- I wouldn't say it's rough, but I was definitely tired, a little achy, and just kind of spent the day in bed, got some sleep. And uh, woke up today and felt fine, but just one of those things that uh, you know that was uh, it was definitely a different vaccine than I've ever had. I will say I'm excited. I've already got my first brewery I'm planning on going to and sitting at the bar post post vaccination. And well, yeah, get get vaccinated. Let's get back to normal. Let's get to HomebrewCon next year. We can do all this. So that's all I have to say. Well, let's jump into this week's episode where we're going to talk to Rob over at Southern Hills Homebrew Supply, and we're going to talk about diversity inclusion as well. I'd like to welcome Rob Burden to the show. Uh, rob is the owner of the southern hills homebrew supply shop he's also the president of the star city brewers guild and he is a member on the american homebrewers association diversity subcommittee so rob welcome to homebrewing diy how you doing
1: i'm doing well thank you very much for having me
0: i i'm excited to have you i've I've heard about you for years in the homebrew scene, just because, uh, you know, if you've if you've been around as long as I have, you you kind of get to know uh, different shops throughout the country, and generally, if if they're a good one, you, you you've he- heard about them from somebody. And uh, the reason I brought you on the show is I want to talk about specifically. I, I think the last year has just been a crazy year in the homebrew world i think a lot of people have come to the hobby that i the word i always say is the homebrew the homebrew world was kind of on a downward trend before covid and then things have really changed because we were stuck at home and trying to figure out things to do and i think that that really changed for the homebrew world and i think the local homebrew shop as well uh let's talk about that for you What, what what how how has the last year really changed for you and 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 what does that look like daily?
1: Yeah, well, the last year has been busy. Um, so, um, you know, we've been open for about six years now. So my, my history only goes back to about 2015 with Humbrews running a homebrew store. Um, and so going into it, I didn't really have a whole ton of expectations. Of course, I did, you know, some due diligence and all that good stuff. Um, but, you know, my, my expectations were, oh, we'll do this and I'm sure things will work just fine um and things had been on a good trajectory though they had started to go down in two, uh, 2019 you know our our margins or are, are the stuff wasn't the same as it was in the previous years and then um april late march april of last year all of a sudden um we got super busy and it's weird because april for us is usually a slow time i i think different homebrew shops around the country see different times when they're busy obviously if you're you know a large um, retailer up in minnesota say um, maybe winter isn't your busy time i don't know maybe it is Um, if you're down in atlanta maybe summertime isn't because of the heat you know weather affects because folks are brewing outside Um, for us april early spring is usually pretty slow because folks you know the winter's over weather's nice people are getting outside and doing other things um, yard work and stuff. Um, so traditionally April is like our worst month of the year. It's horrible. It's, it's just terrible. It's like showing up and, you know, we get a couple of people in a day and uh, all right, well, I came in to work for this. Um, last year, last April was our biggest month ever, like ever, ever. It was massive and things didn't really slow down. So it was really, um, it's different. I'm a one man show. Uh, I run the shop. Uh, I have had in the past, some, some part, uh, part part-time workers. Um, I'm hoping to have somebody else come in here shortly, but it's just me. I'm from accounting to ordering to customer service to, to everything. Um, so for me, it was very much, um, just running, um, butts to elbows, um, doing stuff all the time. Um, which was, I think I had a very different experience of COVID than everybody else did. Um, because, you know, you, I'd see it on social media, people were talking about being stuck at home and all this stuff. And I'm having to go into work every day. Now we're, we're changing how we did things. Um, you know, we, we started doing the curbside pickups and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, it was just a very different experience for me personally. And, and the other thing that's, um, you know, we're, we're, we're busier, so we're ordering more stuff. And, um, you know, from a business perspective, um, that's great. Um, but we also have other costs going up because of that. So like our shipping costs, the incoming freight, you know, that skyrocketed last year. Cause every pallet that comes in, you're talking a hundred, $200 just for that pallet, the delivery fee. Um, and then, you know, if you're going from getting a pallet every couple of weeks to getting two or three pallets every two to three weeks. Um, you know, that's a big difference.
0: Yeah. and, and. One thing that I've—and this is just being a homebrewing podcaster and something that I've noticed—is there is a lot of people that are like, hey, I was stuck at home. I started homebrewing. I got into the hobby, and I'm now all in, right? And I think yeah. that—and obviously— I, I think that that is a it, we are looking for ways to pass the time for the last year because people are stuck at home. But the cool thing about home brewing is after the after the pandemic is over and and we've all been vaccinated and we can all like have a party again, you're gonna have a you're, uh, there's gonna be a lot of people sitting on a lot of beer that they're gonna want to share with their friends. And yeah. <laughs> I, I know for I sure. have that problem, and so <laughs> it, it, it's something where I think that it was a good time for people to really just experience the hobby. And a lot of people I think will stick with it because it is that kind of rabbit hole type of hobby, right? Uh,
1: Yeah. Well, we, we, we certainly saw a lot of new brewers come in. We also saw a lot of folks that hadn't brewed in 10 or 20 years come back to the hobby. Um, And we saw um, beyond just beer and wine, um, you know, folks are making kombucha and um, all kinds of other things, fermented foods, even, Um, and one of the, well, you know, there were all kinds of shortages last year. Um, for us specifically, I had a hard time getting champagne yeast wine yeast in particular was really hard to come by last year because everybody was making all kinds of wines. Um, but what was really interesting was I was getting all kinds of calls and people stopping by asking if I had anything to make bread with yeast for bread. I was like, here's what I've got. I've never tried to make bread with it. You're certainly welcome to because there was no bread yeast on the shelves. And I had all kinds of people calling me asking about Mason jars because you couldn't get that in either. You know, it was all that self-sufficiency stuff, anything you wanted to be able to do yourself without having to rely on somebody else. That's what people were getting into last year.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll admit I had an entire section of my year where i got into really fermenting a lot of foods i got into an entire section of my year where i got into making sourdough bread because i was already brewing beer before that and i still had the time to do some of these side projects right because it was and some things that i I gotta be honest i'm working a lot more i'm actually going out in the field i'm not stuck at home like i used to be and you know what uh, i'm not making as much sourdough bread as i used to right that's that's one that's like an everyday yeah. thing and and i just kind of can't anymore though if i'm going to knock one out I have all the stuff to do it and I can build a yeast starter <laughs> for a week and, and knock it out. Right. But I- at least yep. as far as some of the self-sufficiency things have fallen off for me. And I think some things will, but I think that with homebrewing, it's such an upfront investment in comparison to like, Hey, I got to buy a bunch of Mason jars to do some fermented food. 2% salt pretty much ferments everything in the fermented food world. And then you get into homebrewing, there is a multi hundreds of dollars upfront investment. If you're going to make five gallon batches and you're probably looking at about a hundred dollar investment, if you're going to do a one gallon batch, right? It's not yeah. super well, cheap to get into.
1: I don't know that we sold really that many more one gallon kits last year than we ever do. It was five gallons. Folks weren't looking to make 10 bottles of beer. You know, They wanted five gallons. He wanted two cases of beer. Um, that's what they were there for.
0: Yeah yeah and, and well and this is just a, a speculation and opinion do you think that like the and the reason is is that last week i had this whole show on this where we were talking about like all-in-one boilers right so uh you yeah. know the the mash and boil the bruzilla what, what kind of effect do you think that those units have had in making a lot of the five gallon batches more accessible to people i think they've made it more accessible but what do you think
1: I think they've made five-gallon all-grain batches more accessible. I don't know that it's changed. Yeah. Because we tend to, experienced brewers tend to forget about those folks that are making extracts. Extract beers. And we've still got a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, So, now, there is a lot of more interest of folks that have done the extract. and They've done two or three batches, and they're thinking about getting all-grain. And they're like, you mean that I can just do it all in that machine? I don't need a propane burner and a 10-gallon kettle and this and that and the other things. Like, no, it's, it's right there. It's all in yeah, one.
0: It is. It's it, it, I, and i I got rid of my propane burner, and I got rid of my kegel and all the stuff I had. Uh, my wife can park her car in the garage now because I got an all-in-one brewing system. So <laughs> it's a big deal in my life.
1: <laughs> that, that was one so, of the impetuses to um, to start the homebrew store because I had stuff in the kitchen and the dining room and the basement and you know the utility room and the garage and. The, <laughs> It's like, you know, if I got a whole nother building, I could just move all that stuff there and, and, and sell maybe some stuff. And um, that still, I still got a bunch of crap here. So we still can't park <laughs> the car in the garage.
0: Uh, that's, a, that's the story of my life. Uh, I, I moved into this house four years ago, went from a two car garage to a one car garage. And the deal was babe you could totally park in the garage she just <laughs> parked in the garage the first time 4 years later so here we are <laughs> well i i want to talk about you know you've you've been operating a homebrew shop for a few years now you've got a really good reputation in the market for being a, a great homebrew shop uh very community driven with your customers and so uh, i would like to talk about like if you were to flip this around and be a customer again, right? You're, you're not a homebrew shop. Yeah. And, and what would you say are the kind of, you know, these are the five things in your mind and it doesn't need to be five. These are the five things <laughs> in your mind of what you would expect from a good homebrew shop experience. And also, uh, uh, let's do a second part to that question is, you know, when would be a good chance to when's a good time to go for like online purchases versus your home brew shop purchases because there is kind of a to at least for me there's i i tend to have certain things i buy for my home brew shop and i do have certain things i buy online and so what what do you think is the best kind of mix for that so first part what is the the best okay uh, what am i looking for so
1: yeah so one of the things, when, whenever I travel, and I don't get to do it as, quite as much now as I used to, I always like to go to whatever city I'm visiting's homebrew store, if they have one. And so I like to check things out. And I, I was doing it before I ever opened my store. But it's a great chance to see, what am I doing wrong? What am I not doing? you know, What am I doing right? Um, what a homebrew store should have, it should be well-lit. Uh, it should be organized. Um, it should... Uh, should have a good selection of things, you know. If you're if um, if all you've got is dry yeast, you know that's you're you're already eliminating a whole bunch of customers, um, you know. And and liquid yeast, pardon me, liquid yeast is a, a very difficult subject for homebrew store owners. But uh, beyond that, um, you need a good selection of 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 ingredients overall you need you need a wide selection of grains you need a wide selection of hops Um, because if you're trying to just do everything with um with 20 grains uh you know my my there was a homebrew store i used to visit that um the grain selection probably was 25 30 grains maybe you know and um at the time this is 10 years ago or so now you know they probably had 30 or 40 different hops which is probably wasn't a bad selection back then for for them, but you know there were a lot more available. Um, but I, it would always drive me nuts when I would uh, put together. I would work really hard on putting together a recipe. Like I'd spend a week putting together a recipe, really thinking three things through, and then I'd go to the store, um, and you know I all right. Do you have this malt? No. All right, we gotta substitute that. All right, we gotta substitute this other malt. All right, you don't know, have these hops. This yeast isn't available. All of a sudden, I'm walking out of the store with a completely different brew than I intended. to. To make. Um, and so you've got to have those ingredients and you've got to keep them fresh. So you've got to turn them over. So you've got to have good prices. So, you know, it, it's all, it's all intertwined there. Um, and you've got to have customers. If you don't have a lot of customers, you're not going to be turning that stuff over. I don't care what the price is. Um, and another thing that's really important in this day and age, I believe, is you've got to have an online storefront of some sort you've got to let folks know what they've got what what you've got what they can expect when they come to your store
0: um, yeah i'm actually blown away at how many homebrew shops i even here in denver where there's a lot of homebrew shops in denver right and i'm blown away at how many don't have an online store like you can't just you, like even if it was i want to order it online and pick it up Right, I don't even need it delivered, right? I, I I was actually quite surprised how many homebrew shops don't have an online store for me to see, hey, what's in stock, what's not in stock? Can I get everything I need? And because I do check those things out before, because- I live in also a city that nothing is super close to me. Right. So, and I'm going to sit yeah. in traffic to get to a homebrew shop. And so for me, it's, it's, I, I, I if I'm going to make the commitment, I want to know I have it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I live in Southwest Virginia, Roanoke, Virginia. We are towards the tail end of the state. Um, if anybody ever wants to look at a map, we are smack dab in the Appalachian mountains. Um. Now I, We've obviously got local customers, but even locally, it might take you 30, 40 minutes to get to our, our store. Um, but we are drawing in customers from Southside Virginia, that's like Danville, right on the North Carolina border. We're drawing in customers from uh, West Virginia. I've got a couple of customers that come from Tennessee to come see us, and we've got some folks that come from up in Lexington area, over Lynchburg. Doctor J, who's uh, also on the diverse, or er, is on the um, uh, Brewers Association diversity um leader is uh uh uh, lives over in lynchburg she comes over to the shop every once in a while um so we're drawing customers from an hour or two hours away to the store and i've got to think it's because we have what we have and they can check things out online to see if we have them so that was very important to me when we when we opened up the store was to uh to have that web presence
0: yeah. And, and what would you say is, uh, like like I said at the beginning, for example, there are certain things that I feel are, I I, I purchase online, and, and I'll give you an example. I bought my Tilt hydrometer online. I bought it from Tilt, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But if I buy my ingredients, I always buy them from my local homebrew shop, right? I want to support that local And we appreciate and, you. We appreciate you. <laughs> I always buy no, them from the my hard... local homebrew shop. Yeah.
1: The hardware stuff is, is difficult, especially for small shops. You've got but so much capital to work with and so much floor space to work with. You can't have everything. And, um, you know, I, I've had to make the decision several times, All right, I'm only going to carry this one manufacturer's line of products for this certain thing because I can't afford to do three or four different ones. You know, I can't afford to carry all the all-in-one systems. Um, and so if there's something particular that you're looking for, that's hardware and your local shop doesn't have it, I mean, you've got to go online for that. Um, I, it breaks my heart to say it, but yeah, um, a lot of guys or a lot of folks will, will, um, buy their hops in bulk. Um, and I understand that too It's you know, it makes economic sense. If you have the capability to break them down or repackage them and do it correctly, um, you know, throw them in the freezer, they'll keep, that's great. But, uh, you know. I hate to say that, too, because that hurts us. But, um, you know, but, that's that's the way it but, goes.
0: But for me, it's like I buy my hops in bulk, but I buy them in bulk from my local homebrew shop. I get a price break for doing that, right? I buy my grains yeah. in bulk. And and usually, even if they don't, at least if, in my experience, if you go to your homebrew shop owner and say, hey, I want to buy three pounds of this. What's the What deal are you going to give me? They're stoked oh, yeah, to yeah. sell you three pounds of anything, right? And so absolutely, it, and they usually give you some sort of price break for doing that. I know that when I buy, like for example, base malt, I only buy in sacks because I know I'm going to go through it, right? And yeah. so you get a much much better deal if you buy two row in full bags. If you buy, uh, if you if you buy, you know, pilsner malt, uh, you know, maris otter things like that. If you yeah, buy any, them in any the yeah, 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 and then and then I just go in and, and, and we sell. Yeah,
1: yeah, we sell the full full sacks like that at a discount, obviously, um, and we do carry um, where we can. We carry eight ounce and one pound packages of hops. You know, if you need an eleven pound, uh, I can probably get my hands on it, but nobody's asked me yet. <laughs> I don't think I would go that
0: far. But you know, if if I'm super into, I'll give you an example. If you're super into hazy IPAs, it's easy to go through a pound of hops really quickly, right? Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and so and specifically like your Citra, Mosaic, uh, you know, Northern uh, not not Northern Brewer, uh what's the Eldorado, right? Those three are oh. like the big combination in hazy IPAs. And it's like yeah. you're you're you you could blow Man, blow through you, those three fast. You need to throw some <laughs> mandarina in there. Yeah. Mandarin is delicious. Uh, but yes, you, you, I'm just saying that's the, that's, that's like, if you look at the recipes, those are the three common, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. uh, If you're brewing a ton of those, yes. Well, almost, almost everybody could stand to have a pound of mosaic on hand.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, I I always have a pound of mosaic on hand. (laughs) Well,
1: and, And you know, what is actually one of our, our biggest selling hops and I've I love it because that's where my, I, I started with with the um, the British ales. Um, East Kent Goldings are still like our yeah. number one seller. Um, yeah. East Kent Goldings and Hallertau, um, you know, you can get fancy all you want with the with with the IPAs, where you're using you know anywhere from eight ounces to a pound per batch, but you look at those beers that are only taking maybe one, two, or three ounces per batch, and those hops are still outselling all the fancy hops. It's crazy.
0: That's not that crazy though, because for example, I personally I find myself like I though specifically British styles are harder to find in general. If like and yeah. and I tend yeah. to. Make beers that I can't buy at a brewery, right? That's kind of a thing. Yeah, I have. love ESBs and old ales, and oh, I love all that stuff. Yeah, and go go find a local brewery that's slinging those. It's, it just doesn't happen, yeah. right? They got seven hazy IPAs on, and they've got like a bunch of barrel aged stout, and they're all ten percent alcohol. But if you want to get a four percent English mild, it doesn't exist, right? Oh, well,
1: no, talk to Chino.
0: <laughs> she oh. knows
1: all about the mild ales
0: yes he does and and and, and we talk about them constantly because i love them too and but but the reason i like them is that i like to have more than one beer i'm that's kind of my thing and if i find that you know i can have one hazy ipa and i'm done and and because yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so
1: i gotta give a shout out to a somewhat local brewery uh, down on Southside Virginia, Ballad Brewing, has an, a uh, mild ale that it, they distribute. It's it's great. I mean, wow. I love being able to go buy a mild ale in a bottle. It's amazing. That's awesome.
0: That is awesome, actually. <laughs> that, that doesn't exist here. And uh, we, we do have, actually, here in Denver, we do have uh, Hogshead Brewery that does uh, actual real ale with a hand-drawn uh, beer oh, engine at the brewery. And... And they and they'll do a mild, and it's amazing. But you have to go to the brewery; it's not the same if you don't. Yeah. But it, it is yep. great. Uh, the next thing I w- I'd love to talk about is, you know, you're you're a member of the American Homebrewers Association Diversity Subcommittee. Uh, this is a newer thing for the American Homebrewers Association. I think it's only like three years old or so. Does that seem about right, lengthwise? Maybe five years old.
1: Um, it's got to be more than three years old because I joined about three years ago. And okay. it, it existed before I, I joined, um, okay. I don't know how much longer. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love that they're doing it. Um, you know, the AHA has taken a hit here in the last couple of years with, with, um, the loss of HomebrewCon and, uh, they, they lost a lot of staff last year, um, with, with COVID and the turndown. Um, so it, I, I, th- Amongst other things, I think the diversity committee is in a bit of a limbo right now. We've had one meeting here in the last several months. Usually it's it's once a month, once every other month, and we actually haven't had a meeting for a while, um, which is a shame because we still need them more than ever. Um, but yeah, the, it's 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 great. Um, I'm very happy to be a member. Uh, I was very happy to be asked to be a member. Um, and it's it's something that I feel is very important. Um, there's no reason for our demographics to look like they do. There's absolutely no reason.
0: None. So, none. Uh, I I I my favorite thing to say is is to me it's I wish that and here's the example I like to put out there when we're, we're tasting beers, for example, right? I I feel like if I get into a room of a bunch of people that look and act like me and think like me, right. We're all going to have the same thing to say about this same beer. Right. Whereas to me, somebody who has a different life experience comes from a different culture, a different background is going to look at a beer in a very, very different way because their life experiences got them to there in a different way. And I, and, and to me, that is something that I love, uh, I, I and, and beer is such a community thing, right? We we are all here is is we we are all brewers. We are here brewers. because of
1: beer. Yeah, we're here here because civilization of beer. Yeah. was built on beer.
0: Yes, yes, and and it's a, but the reason why is because it kind of lubricates the things, and we all like hang out and have more fun together, right? <laughs> and 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 because the reasons for drinking beer and making beer were the same ten thousand years ago as they are today, right? That that hasn't changed. And so for me, it's something where I think that I agree with you. Uh, the demographics shouldn't be what they are, and I do think that we we should be a more welcoming group. And when I hear from people who have said, "Hey," and, and I heard this just a week ago, I was doing an interview, and uh, the and what I heard was, "Yeah, I went to this homebrew club. We went there." And it was a, it was a, it was a bunch of guys sitting around and we felt excluded because they were too into what they were into and they weren't, you know, just, you know, welcoming to us as we came in. And, you know, we, we decided we're going to go start our own club because, which they, they did the right thing, went and started their own club because they, they didn't feel welcome.
1: I've heard that story so many times. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame too. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You get, well, you get, you know, some of these clubs have been around for decades really um and you get the old timers that are in there the old guard and they're happy with the way things are and they don't want things shook up and they you know they want the format of the meeting to be the same every time and they want this and they want and and sometimes you do just have to say you know what we're going to go do our own thing and and whoever wants to come can come you know yeah um and it's a shame because you know those clubs were started for a reason to share in the love of beer right that's why we're all doing this we, this is why we talk about beer that's why there's podcasts about homebrewing is because we just this this is the only hobby I've ever done that has completely taken over my life I, when I when I first started I mean that's all I could think about was making beer um, it's crazy and and now it's my career um, so <clears throat> why would I not expect almost anybody else to to have those same feelings towards the beer and want to express them with other like-minded folks or even folks that might have different opinions about beers you know the hazies i'm um i'll have one every once in a while but i'm about over the hazies man i, I love ipas <laughs> but i like you said you go to a brewery and there's seven hazies on tap you know give me something different i want some diversity in my beer i like diversity <laughs>
0: It's yeah, but yeah, but uh, and I'll agree with you, but ten, uh, back to the hazy thing just for one second. You know, 10 years oh. ago, it was all West Coast IPAs, which we, they weren't West Coast they, and they were just IPAs. But, uh, you know, it was everything well, had to have East 100 Coast. IPUs uh, in it, right?
1: Dog, <laughs> no, see, now you're talking dogfish head, the East Coast versus West Coast, Biggie versus Tupac. Um, no, no, and I love what I love what the hazy's brought to the, to the table. I love that somebody said, you know what? I don't care if you don't like the way my beer looks. It tastes amazing. Yeah. And and I love that. Um, because the guys up in Vermont or wherever they were were just like, you know what? This is how we're going to do it. And and I had never tasted anything like it. It was so good. But it becomes – if everybody's doing the same thing, all of a sudden, you know, it gets kind of boring.
0: Yep. And, and I feel like it's kind of – I, it's it's obviously not run its course yet. I, I think we've got a no, couple more no, years no. of it. But and I'll still some, drink some. <laughs> uh, totally. I, I I had one on Friday. It, it's not like it, it, <laughs> I, I, I'm not the type of person that boohoo's them. And trust me, I hear a lot of the old timers boohooing them still to this day. There's guys in my homebrew club that are like, "Oh, those hazy things," you know. And I, they can be that way. But for me, it's something where even when we talk about just like different beer styles and way things are going in five years from now, it's going to be something else. And in, I hope so. Yeah, it will be, it's going to be something else. And, and when that happens, I'm glad to be around when it happens. I love watching new styles come and go. It's cool. Well, we, you know, it's
1: been really actually the last few years it's been really cool. You had the Hazies. Um, you had the Brutes there. They blipped for a moment, which one year I didn't care you got for, the for brutes. one year. I was just like drinking <laughs> drinking hop water is what that was like. Um, you had um here recently, you know, if you want to include seltzers, seltzers have started to take off a little bit. Um, you had um for a minute there, Kentucky Common was all over the place. Oh yeah. And I totally. love it. When, when, when folks start bringing back some of these historical styles, I'm all for that. You know, Gosas, there's yep. another one that was – it was a historical style. Nobody even heard of it, and all of a sudden, everybody's making Gosa.
0: Yep. And and uh, and you start to see that with – a. I mean, to be honest, that's – if you look at Saison's that were so big 10 years ago, right, uh, they were – a historical style bring coming back and, and yep. becoming a thing. Right. And, and yeah. I don't, and I think that there's still a really big part in the farmhouse ales kind of coming and going Kavike right in the, in the Kavike yep. East uh, though we, we being Americans have figured out, Hey, it's a shortcut. We'll go that oh, way. that's great for an IPA. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make Casey IPAs out of it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but, but, but yeah, back to the uh, diversity piece is that, uh, you know, yes. if you were, if you were going to talk about, Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop here because I have to take a break. I'll here a quick okay. word from our sponsors. And then when we come back, we'll we'll dive into this a little bit more because I, I definitely want to talk about the diversity. And what when we come back, what I want to talk about is, you know, what could you what, what could we personally do as homebrewers to be more welcoming? And that's that's what we'll talk about when we come back. Sound good? All right. Sounds awesome. great. Hey, homebrewing DIY. I want to talk to you about one of my personal favorite homebrew shops out there and that's Keg Factory. Now, one reason that I love Keg Factory is just really the knowledge of their staff. They they have people who homebrew daily and that's who you're going to talk to when you call up and ask a question. You're going to have a very knowledgeable staff that's going to help you kind of get the things that you need and give you great feedback on maybe you I want to try this in the recipe and they're going to give you good feedback on whether they think that's going to work or not. So for me, that's always a great reason to look for a great homebrew shop and keg factory does a great job doing that. Also you can get keg cash there and that's a, that's a for every dollar you spend there, you're going to get a point and they even give you 50 points for just signing up. So you should just head over to kegfactory.com and sign up just for the 50 points. They also have free shipping on orders over $75 and they just got a huge stock of inventory that is, for example, they have multiple different types of all-in-one brewing systems. They have kettles, they have all of the stuff that you're going to need. They even sell Blickman, right? So they've just got a wide variety of items and gear that's going to just tickle your fancy in every way. And when you think about getting a new system or you're going to, you know, splurge and get a full Blickman system, they can split that into four easy payments and they'll do that interest free. So that's always a great way to not have to shell out, you know, a couple thousand dollars up front. You could break it up into four payments and, and get it, get it now and do it in four payments. So head on over to kegfactory.com, tell them that Home Brewing DIY sent you and support the show. All right, and then we're back with, uh, with Rob Burden, and, and what we, we're talking about is the American Homebrewers Association Diversity Subcommittee. He's a member of that subcommittee, and what we're talking about is just general how, – how can you be more welcoming as a homebrewer uh, for more diverse uh, – uh, the the best way I like to put it is every time I think about what a homebrewer is, it's a bearded white guy. And how, how do we change that? Right. And how, how yep. do, how do us bearded white guys? Cause I'm one, right. How, how do we become more welcoming to people who don't look and act like us, but still being that advocate to get them in the hobby? What does that look like to you?
1: So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it starts, I think at the homebrew clubs, it really does. Um, when you have a new person show up, doesn't matter who they are. Welcome them. Be personable, be amiable. If you're being, if you're in a homebrew club, that means you want to get together with a group of people. Um, that means you're already somewhat outgoing. Um, so just extend that courtesy. Now I am a, a little bit, um, socially awkward myself. And so it's not always the easiest thing to just to walk up to a stranger and say, Hey, how you doing? Um, and now, of course, we've got the the the, uh, the COVID restrictions and all that other stuff, but the, you know we can still do elbow bumps, I guess. Um, but um, you know, it just be, it's just let's start by being friendly to each other. Um, one of the other things um, that is not necessarily on an individual scale that you can do um, is the marketing in beer and. Home brewing to an extent, but beer overall um, has traditionally been marketed towards middle-aged white guys. Um, you'll see it uh, in, in, in the images and um, in, in the texts that we're, we read, the way things are described. Um, I think we have to, as a whole, change the way we market things. Um, it's fine to, you um, I don't know how to put this. (laughs) Um, yeah, it, some folks want to be a little bit edgy. Okay. That's fine. Um, but just realize that there are people out there that, um, don't look like you don't necessarily think like you and may not have the same sense of humor as you. Um, you know, let's, let's keep that in mind when we're dealing with the public. Um, we have, um, we have talked in our own club about how we can do things better. Um, and I can tell you, we can t- we've talked about it on the diversity subcommittee. And there is no good answer um, that's staring us right in the face. There is no magic bullet that's going to fix anything. Um, but I think it really does have to start at the club level. Um, we started an initiative a couple of years ago at the store. Um, we called it Women's Brew Night. And uh, we have a classroom, and we have two buildings. One building is a retail store. One building has a classroom, and it's where we keep our, our inventory and stuff. Um, and in the classroom, once a month, we'd have a group of women come over, and they'd brew a beer, and it was women-led. Um, and, it, you know, it was great because some of the some of the, the women were um, just starting out. Some of them had brewed for a while. Um, person, uh, f- Folks changed, and we were not able to continue it, especially during the COVID. Um, I think we have identified somebody else that's going to be able to take over that the women's brew night. So once we can get through these social restrictions and everything, I think we're going to kick that back off again, and I think it's going to be awesome. Um, and, and again, it's finding a person that is wants to take on that sort of challenge. Um, I, like I said, in our club, we, we did start our own little um, diversity inclusivity um, committee. And I think that'd be great for every club to do. Identify places where um, you can just make the club more welcoming. It's not about trying to attract a certain demographic. Um, It's just trying to be open and um, welcoming to everybody.
0: Yeah, I think that that, I, I, uh, the number one thing I heard of what you just said there is actually making it a priority, right? in not just saying yeah. oh we're welcoming what what do you what do you mean?
1: Yeah, like, what's what's the problem? Uh, I the problem? I've never said a bad thing to anybody. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well I, <laughs> maybe you have uh, you know that yeah, that's maybe, great. Yeah but Chuck you have over it. there, man. I tell you what <laughs> <laughs> every, Cl- every club has a guy named Chuck, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Ours is actually uh, but, pretty
1: cool. I don't wanna
0: I don't oh, want to disparage Chuck. Too. But but uh, but the the point is is that I I think I agree with you though is just kind of making it an actual thing where you sit down and say hey this is something we want to focus on I, I love the idea of building a small committee it doesn't need to be more than a couple guys right that say yeah. hey just, this is something we want to do and make a priority and if you make a priority things change right it, it's a little well, and bit
1: one of the th- yeah one of the things that we came up with in our little committee was just somebody at the meeting would be the one to welcome new people it's it's as simple as that you know you have one person who's a people person right and they you see a new face come in the door you say i'ma go talk to them and i'm going to make them feel welcome and i'm going to introduce them to people you know and and get them um you know show them what we do during a meeting yeah, that, it's that, just
0: that, as simple as that. It's as simple as that. The the other thing is that, uh, and I love that you you hit on was talking about specifically. Hey, how do we market ourselves? Right, a, a lot of mm. clubs market themselves in the same way. They they make sure they're listed on the AHA's website. Uh, they might you know make sure that they're they, they're hung up in a local brewery or something like that. To me, it's 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 marketing yourself. Go to where these diverse. Communities are and actually market there, right? And I know that that sounds yeah. a little bit odd, but it is something you can do. And and well, an example, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Uh, beyond just marketing, work in your community. Yeah. Set up service days with local nonprofit organizations. Get your club out there in the community with maybe folks that don't look exactly like you. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah and 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 those are the kind of things that then all of a sudden your your club a year from now doesn't look the same right and yeah. so and to me that that's those are the kind of things in my mind that we could be doing as home brewers to really change that up uh yeah. and also, not only
1: does the club not 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 only does the club not look the same the club is healthier it's more vibrant yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, it's, it's healthier. It's more vibrant. You'll, you'll, you'll find that you have more engaged members, right? It's not just, yeah. uh, the word I want to say, it's not just a club for people to come and drink, right? It becomes, uh, yeah. maybe a, a club where it, it, and this is personally for me with my homebrew club is that some of my best friends in the homebrewing world are in my homebrew club, right? And we are friends yeah. outside of that club setting. We are, we, you know, we hang out together. We've made sure that we've made time to spend time with each other, even through the COVID, right? They're they're part of my COVID bubble, right? They're, that that small list yeah. of people are part of those people in that club, and to me, it's it's something where that is those are lifelong relationships that you're going to get, and and to have that be a very monolithic set of relationships feels kind of boring to me. And maybe I'm weird. Uh, But...
1: (laughs) (laughs) You you can be weird. That can still be true.
0: Totally true. But uh, (laughs) yeah, that that to me is is something that, you know, I, I feel like is something that is... It's a hard conversation to have with people, though it is a conversation I think is worth having. And it is something that I think us as homebrewers, we should be making an effort to do. So uh, I'm glad we had time to talk about this today.
1: Yeah. And I totally agree that it it can be a very hard thing to bring up because, um, you know, some folks are just set in their ways. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that they're, they're, they're trying to be mean about anything. It's just, they're set in their ways.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the, I, I know that I'm going to be a grumpy old man when I become an old man. I, <laughs> I know that that's what it's going to be like for me, but uh, I'm not there yet. <laughs> and, yeah. so, well. and until that day comes, I'm going to make those kind of efforts to just be you know open, inclusive to anybody who wants to join at least the clubs that I'm members of. And uh, Absolutely. And, and, and you know and i think that having conversations on a podcast like this also might help give some homebrew clubs out there that are maybe listening to this some ideas of like hey what could we cuz i know i've brought it up to my club and those are the kind of things we ask is well how do we be more welcoming right and and yeah, i yeah. And, and i and i love the idea all it takes is saying hey this week you're the welcome guy anybody new can make sure that they get this, 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 and this, and it's the same process for everybody, right? It could be that simple, go. and
1: I and I can tell you that the 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 Brewers Association and the Humber Homebrew, uh, Humbers Association are both working on this. Um, like I said, things um, maybe uh, slowed down a little bit last year, but stuff's still coming. We're still working yeah, and- on it, and we we're, we're trying to put together guides and stuff. Um, it's just it's a long time coming.
0: Yeah, and and also I mean. I I feel I'm H I'll admit that like I've never been the best about renewing my American homebrews association card year after year after year. I know I'm supposed to, and I have a homebrew podcast. I should totally do that. But once I kind of saw what was going on during COVID, I made sure I was like, Hey, here, yeah. have some money. Um, I actually did a two-year renewal. I was like, you know, uh, let me give you some extra cash. Uh, I didn't because... want to one
1: up you, but I did do the three-year renewal. Myself. Oh
0: man, <laughs> <laughs> but but you get what I'm saying? It's like I, I did a multi-year renewal, and I did it because I knew that it was something that was like, hey, these guys are struggling. They laid off a bunch of staff. These are, and I'm in Colorado. Yeah. These are people that we know. Oh yeah, right? you know, yeah, yeah. yeah I, and I so, knew
1: a bunch of them too. And it's like, what? Well, they're not there anymore. What are you
0: talking about? exactly it, and, it, was, and
1: it, it hurt
0: it hurt I, and people that i've had on the show right from the ha and so for me it's something where uh, i i want to make sure that you know the th- yes it's a little leaner right now and that's fine i mean they they, they make all of the and i don't want to say they're non-profits they are nonprofits; they do not really make money but a lot of their budgets yeah, come they're... from these in-person events that they do you know uh, may 1st is big brew day right so make sure that uh, I am going to call this out right now. If you've if you've committed to do it, make sure you do the hashtag and get that all done. That is May first. But it's also, you know, Homebrew Con, the uh, the the national homebrew competition, which is part of that. Uh, you've also yeah. got other smaller regional events throughout the year that they do. Uh, they, yeah, there's, CBC, GABF, all yeah, that GABF, stuff. Yeah, GABF, all that stuff. Those are actually big money makers in that they actually yeah. bring in the budgets that they use to actually put on those events year after year after year. And when you're not, ha- when you have zero income, there's just nothing you can do and yep. and so it, it it sucks to see I am stoked and and i I will tell you right now my friends and I uh chino and and Ryan all the homebrewing DIY crew right now we've we' we're, we're actually in the process of talking about our trip to Pittsburgh in 2022 and what we're gonna do there and because <laughs> it, it's something where we're excited to get back into things being normal. We're excited for the H A to have some things back to normal and and yeah. and that's gonna be a really exciting time and, and to see some homebrew people we haven't seen in years, right? So
1: Yeah, I I, I can't wait for a homebrew con. I am actually wearing a Humber Coon shirt right now. Your your listeners can't hear or see it, but uh I yeah. I've got my my uh Rhode Island one here, my Brew England. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, that's the those are the kind of things that uh I I'm excited to get back. I'm I'm half vaxxed I'm uh, next week is shot number 2. So Oh, I got
1: We're, the one and done. So oh, no blood clot. so. Little Johnson <laughs> and
0: Johnson action. Yeah, yeah, you know. I I would get it.
1: <laughs> I I got that like uh beginning of March uh, middle of March somewhere in there yeah they were doing a, a, an event it was like you drive through the National Guard was like directing traffic it was like you pull it you never even got out of your vehicle and they're just like jab and you're done it was awesome
0: yeah, I, I got to go back. Um, uh, and we'll we'll see. I I got mine next week, and then it, it's funny. Uh, I, like I said in earlier today, I think when we were talking before the show, I am a traveling salesman for my job, yep. and so I, I get the jab, and uh, two weeks later I'm on an airplane because they're like, now nah, you're yeah. fa- you're you're vaccinated. Get out <laughs> in the field. But that's cool because that right. feels like I- my life is normal.
1: <laughs> i got um so so i like i said i got mine uh my wife got hers my uh mother lives with us after my father passed away we moved her in she got hers um and so at i had been doing um curbside pickup until april 6th of this year so april 6th we opened the doors that's awesome So we've got people back in the store again that's awesome with a mask
0: what, hey hey it's still awesome that people can walk in Uh, you know, get, get their grains, talk to, because to me, it's like, there's something missing there, which is, Hey, I'm thinking about making this beer. What do you think? Right. People want that feedback from the local homebrew shop. People want to talk about their hobby.
1: And so. Absolutely. And it's because I'm I'm not going to turn you away. If you want to talk about that stuff, we talked about that stuff out in the parking lot. I would sit there and talk with somebody for half an hour to an hour in the parking lot about what they want to do. (laughs) <laughs> what their goals were. What, how are we going to achieve these goals? Let's get this done for you. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Well, uh, Rob, I want to thank you for coming on Homebrewing DIY. What I'm going to do is I will put links to all your stuff. You've, you've actually given me a whole bunch. I'll, I'll put links to— We uh, didn't even talk about franken yeast. Oh, man. you. We're going to stop and talk about that. I'll cut that out. I just <laughs> was looking at time. No, let's talk about franken yeast. So Oh, well, uh, screw the time. Nah, yeah. Screw the time. Let's talk about Franken yeast. So, so you do this really cool thing, which is something that I've never heard of any other shop doing, which is uh, <laughs> which is Franken yeast. Uh, let's let's talk yes. about what what is Franken yeast and how did you come up with the idea of doing it?
1: Franken yeast is, um, is it's exactly what you might think it is. So, one of the things that happens with liquid yeast is if it doesn't sell, it goes out of date. It's tough to sell out-of-date liquid yeast. You can do it, but it's not that easy. Um, and so I, um, I'm i a pack rat. I never throw anything away. And so what happens was I was keeping all of these liquid yeast packs. And I'm like, what am I going to do with all these? I mean, I could brew it myself, just make a starter. But I can't brew this much beer. And so um, I started thinking, I was like, well, what if we made a big starter? What if we made a a five gallon starter and just pitched all these yeast packs in there and see what happened and so that's what we do and and for the first one what i I decided to do just standard like ale strains like your 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 non-phenolic you know just your regular old us british whatever ale strains um and we mixed them all together and like i said did a five gallon starter and i just give it away for free Um, and we did, um, obviously to, um, our folks here locally. And I also, um, I used to be quite active on the homebrewing subreddit. Um, it's a shame I'm not on there more often now. I should be. Um, but I made a post out there and I'm sure somebody will dig it up. Um, and I gave it away. I, I sent it to people all over the country. Um, and, uh, it was, it was awesome. That first one was great. I made a beautiful robust porter with it. It was it was amazing. Um, <laughs> the second one we did uh, like all wheat and Belgian strains, so all your spicy phenolic stuff, um, and that one turned out really good too. And then. Um, I was like, all right, well, now I've got all these lager yeasts. What are we going to do? Let's throw together a lager, a Franken lager. (laughs) Franken lager wasn't that great. I'm not going to do it for another Franken lager. It really wasn't that great. It's not what you're looking for in a lager. Um, so we've done another, uh, regular ale. I think it's about time to do another, um, Belgian and wheat. The, the Belgian one we called the Belgia, uh, which was a tribe, um, in, that franco belgian area back in the i don't know when they were they were like stone age i don't know anyways um that's what we we named it. each one gets its own little name um but uh yeah it's just a great way to get to to make some space in the cooler and um give some folks something to experiment with And it's not even really experimenting because you know you don't really have a control uh (laughs) it's just Something fun to mess around with. You're what am I like, gonna you're like, get?
0: I'm gonna make a beer, and is it gonna suck or not? That's that's it's the gamble. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like let's roll the dice. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I think it's 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 a really cool thing that you're doing because in all in all reality, yeah. What will you do with them? You're gonna throw them away, right? There's a certain place where, yeah, yeah. you know, even even I, I'm I'm the guy that you know. Hey, it's a month out of date. Yeah, I'll totally buy that and go use it. Right? I'll just make a. Start. Oh, I
1: would. I would. I would. I have. I have. Made yeast starters with yeast that were a year out of date. Yeah, they were fine. Yeah, you know you might need to step it up, but uh, you know it, it'll still something will ferment.
0: Yeah, it's it's just a little more work, right? <laughs> but uh, it, but the thing is, is that like yeah. But if I saw one that was a year out of date, eh, I'm not going to buy it, right? No, you're I'm not going gonna... to buy it. No, no but if somebody it. gave it to me. I oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally step it up, right? <laughs> but but that's the idea is you're taking this old yeast that you have and kind of just like, hey, let's make a big starter out of it. Let's brew a beer with it and see what happens. And I love the idea that yep. you kind of give it around. And, and I'm sure that you get lots of people that are like, this is the beer I made from it. Look how and it turned out great, right? I,
1: I had um, actually there was a local brewery. Made a um, a smash with uh, pale malt cascade and the original Franken yeast. It was amazing, and it was only like a three and a half to four percent beer. I can't remember exactly. It was one of the tastiest beers I've ever had. It was really, really good. That's awesome. And like I said, I loved my robust porter, but it was it was much more than three and a half percent.
0: It was it was robust. <laughs> it was it was. Well, uh, hey what what i'm going to do is uh i am going to put links in the show notes we're going to do them to your homebrew shop i will also you you're the president of this, uh star city brewers guild so also link to that as well and uh and just hey if if you're in the virginia area and you're looking for a amazing homebrew shop obviously check out southern hills homebrew supply also uh you you do ship online right so if if i wanted to if yep so if if you're looking for an online homebrew supplier uh, this is a great one also to look at just uh you know hop on to their website and you can order anything and and i am sure rob would love to put an order together for somebody i
1: would absolutely adore that
0: yep and uh thank you rob for coming on homebrewing diy i i this was a wonderful conversation and i think we covered so many different topics and so thank you for coming on the show
1: It's absolutely my pleasure, Colter. Thank you for having me.
0: I'd like to thank Rob for taking the time to come on this week's show. Head on over to our website and I will have a link to the Southern Hills Homebrew Supply in our show notes also love the conversation about diversity. Just always a topic top on my mind. Also, I promise, promise, promise next week I will do feedback. I've got a ton to get through. It's just that, uh, you know, I've been doing interviews that are running long, so I apologize. Well, that's it for this week. And we'll talk to you next week on Homebrewing DIY.